morning, Obi Community Church. Once again, Jeff Szymanski, one of the deacons. If I'm wearing this shirt, you know that there's an announcement. So I just want to thank everybody for joining us this morning. Hopefully we have a great message for Pastor Dave, but there's a few things that I want to remind you about. If you have not reached out to someone, a neighbor, a loved one, or something like that, somebody who might not have some friends or family, just give them a call, see how they're doing, all right? Make sure you connect with the people in your small group, make sure that everybody's doing okay. A few things that we're doing as a church body. If you have realized that you have way too much toilet paper and you're like, mm, I might not need all this or even maybe some extra canned goods, some dry goods, things like that, the church is gonna start a collection point. It's gonna be right at the church. You'll see some tables right when you drive up. Don't have to interact with anybody. If you're concerned about that, drop the stuff off at the table. Our volunteers will take care of the rest, okay? Now, if you can't get out and about to do some shopping or things like that, that's also a concern and you want to just maybe give some money, if you go to Easy Tithe, where you can also do your regular giving, you can look in the tabs and see the COVID-19 relief fund. You can just give a couple of dollars there if you're able to, all right? Finally, if you are in a situation where things are really, really tight, maybe the pantry's looking a little bare, you need to reach out to one of us, okay? You can either message us on Facebook, direct message on Instagram, or see if you can get a hold of one of the elders or deacons, okay? All right, have a good rest of the day.
morning. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. I'm so thankful that you have chosen to tune in online today, and, and I'm really thankful that, that we don't have to meet in a building to still be the body of Christ. Um, and so even though I love gathering together with you, my friends, my family, every single week, uh, this current situation that we're in, that's not going to stop us from, from praising God and, and learning more from his word. And in fact, I'm praying that, that God will actually use this crisis that we're all going through together uh, to make more and better followers of Jesus here in our own region, uh, which is really what our mission is all about, making more and better followers of Jesus. And so, you know, last week, you know, we talked about anxiety and, and, and we mentioned that, that, you know, it's okay if, if we have some, some fears, but, but we need to turn those things over to God. We need to cast all of our cares and our anxiety onto Him. And, and if you didn't have a chance to, to watch last week, or maybe you just want to be encouraged again, I'd encourage you to watch uh, last week's service again. And, and today we're going to uh, dive into this theme. In fact, over the next several weeks, we're going to, to start a brand new series that we're calling Overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And you think about it, many of us we're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by so many things. You know, maybe maybe it's your job. Maybe your job is is overwhelming. You know, especially with all the, the new and, and different demands that, that you have uh, that have been placed on you. Uh, speaking of which, I just want to give a quick shout out to our medical personnel. You know, all of those uh, doctors and, and nurses and those that are working in our hospitals uh, that are working tirelessly. You're rising up to a daunting challenge. And I just want to thank you so much. Uh, for for the work that you're doing, you guys are awesome, and I appreciate what you're doing. You know, so so maybe maybe your job is one of those things that's kind of overwhelming to you, um, or or maybe you know the overwhelming part of your job is that you're unable to work, and, and so so maybe right now you're, you're kind of you know you're you're worried and you're not sure about about the bills and and you're not sure about your food and some of the other household needs that you have or. Or perhaps you, you are still working right now, but you're having to, to do things differently. You're working remotely or you're working in your homes digitally. And it's, and it's a bit overwhelming to, to do this and to learn new ways of doing things. And maybe you have some brand new responsibilities, like, like our teachers have some new responsibilities, you know, packing lunches and making phone calls and, and, and uh, communicating with students uh, in, a, in a digital format. So thank you uh, for, for making that possible and for, for working tirelessly behind the scenes and, and all that you're doing there. Uh, but it can be overwhelming. Uh, or maybe you're overwhelmed because without school, your kids are home and your kids are driving you nuts. And you're not quite sure, how do my, how do our teachers, how do they put up with this? And so maybe you're overwhelmed in that standpoint. And you can't exactly just send them to the principal's office. You can't really just expel them from class because they're in your home. Or maybe, you know, while they're at home, you're trying to manage this new way of doing schoolwork and, and trying to keep them occupied. And you're just overwhelmed. Or maybe you're overwhelmed with fear. Fear, you're just not, you're, you're not sure what tomorrow is going to bring. And there's, there's this fear of the unknown. There's fear of sickness. There's, there's fear about the economy and fear about uh, loved ones uh, that are so close to your heart. And you're just overwhelmed. So what do we do? I mean, what do we do when we're overwhelmed by life and by its trials? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. In fact, kind of a, a key phrase that I'll say multiple times today is this, is that rather than being overwhelmed with our trials, 
we need to be overwhelmed with joy. Rather than being overwhelmed with trials, let's be overwhelmed with joy. Go ahead and turn to James chapter 1 if you have a Bible. Uh, James chapter 1. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about and dealing with uh, how do we, how do we uh, deal with the overwhelming trials that we all face in life and how do we overcome them with joy? And, and to do this, I really want to focus on uh, just the first four verses in James chapter 1 and, and, and then unpack them by looking at some of the key words and by doing so, by, by diving into God's word, I think that we're going to find some encouragement uh, for dealing with uh, the overwhelming trials that, that we're all sure to face in the upcoming days and weeks and months that lie ahead of us. So let's look at this. James chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You know, it's interesting how, how James just kind of jumps right into this teaching uh, and, and jumps right into this encouragement. It's, it's almost like he's saying, hey, my name is James, tell me about your problems. My name is James, tell me about your pain. He gets right into talking about trials so quickly. Now, at, at first glance, when you're reading this, it may seem a little far-fetched. You know, like, really, James? Really? You want me to have joy in the middle of my trials? James, really? Do you know what I'm going through right now? Do you know what my family's going through? Do you know what our economy is going through? James, really? James, what do you know about COVID-19? What do you know about the coronavirus? James, what do you know about my lack of, of income or, or my loss of, of a job or my lack of food? James, my kids are driving me nuts and you want me to have joy? Are you kidding me, James? Well, before we jump in too deep, let's consider the audience uh, that the writer, James, uh, is writing to. Let's consider uh, the, the audience. In fact, James tells us a bit about his audience in verse 1. His audience is the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Now, why are they scattered? What's that all about? Well, let's remember that the biggest reason why they're scattered is because of severe persecution that's taken place. See, Christ followers in the first century, they had it extremely tough. Many of them were killed for their faith throughout the Roman Empire, and so they're scattered. They're kind of in hiding and these brothers and sisters that he's writing to had fallen on some very hard times. So he's writing to these beat up brothers and sisters and he's trying to encourage them. Not only that, when you consider who's doing the writing, James, James, uh, uh, you know, tradition tells us that James, who's the, the half brother of Jesus and, and leader of the church in Jerusalem, uh, tradition tells us that, that he was killed for his faith, that he was martyred for being a Christ follower. So when he says, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, he really knows what he's talking about. So let's get into this. James chapter one, verse two, consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, here, here's something you need to know. Trials are unavoidable. They just are. They're unavoidable. They're going to happen. 
whether we like it or not. And James says that, that we're going to face trials of many kinds. And guess what? We're in one right now, right? We're in one right now. And the trials that we're, we're facing right now, it, they, they, they take many different forms. You know, everything from physical to financial and, and from relational to emotional. And let's face it, all of those things are things that we're dealing with right now as we speak. So when it comes to trials, most of the time, we don't have a choice in the matter. They just happen. They're a result of, of living in a fallen world that is under the curse of sin. So the first thing I want us to remember today when it comes to, to our trials is this, that we don't choose trials, but we can choose joy. We don't choose trials, but we can choose joy. So rather than being overwhelmed with our trials, let's be overwhelmed with joy. James tells us in James 1 verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. So James tells us that, that despite the trials that we go through, we can still have joy. And, and now, listen, when, when he says that, He's not saying that we have to enjoy the trial, that, that we have to look forward to it or, or go out looking for, for trials. He's also not saying that we should just pretend to be happy in the middle of our trial. He, he's not saying, hey, we need to just put on a smile and fake it and be superficial. That's not his point. So when he says, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, he's saying that, listen, in that moment, when those moments take place, we need to make a deliberate and careful decision to experience joy even in times of trouble. Now, we experience joy not for the sake of the trial, but for the sake of the outcome of the trial, which is our spiritual maturity. And we'll talk about that in just a couple minutes. So we don't choose trials, but we can choose joy. In fact, let me give you just a couple biblical examples of what I'm talking about. The Apostle Paul, he modeled this over and over again throughout the New Testament. You know, one, one such time was when, when, when he and Silas were thrown into prison for the sake of the gospel. Uh, in Acts chapter 16, we read how they're, they're in their prison cell and they're singing praises to God in the middle of that trial. In Acts chapter 5, not long after the resurrection, the apostles were thrown into prison for their faith at another time. And while they were in prison, they were flogged, which means that they were severely whipped. And then after they were released, listen to what Acts 5.41 says. It says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin, that's some of the religious leaders, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, for the name of Jesus. Jesus also modeled this. Listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This is amazing. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Why do we fix our eyes on Jesus? Listen to this. It says, For the joy of Set before him, he endured the cross, 
scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. Why? So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Now, those are a couple words that we don't tend to put together, joy and the cross. And yet Jesus endured it with joy. Why? Because he loved being on the cross? No, no, no. Because he loved us. Because he wanted to restore the broken relationship with us. He knew that as a result of the trial, when the trial was over, it would restore that which was broken, our relationship with him. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So to, to consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds is, is to make the decision to look beyond the difficulty of the moment and to look towards the benefit in the future. And in a moment, we'll look at some of those benefits for going through trials. So number one is we don't choose trials, but we can choose joy. The second thing is this, trials are to strengthen us, not to crush us. Trials are to strengthen us, not to crush us. Hebrews 1 verse, or I'm sorry, James 1 verses 2 and 3 says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So uh, here, James tells us that the trials that we go through actually serve a purpose. They're, they're not random. They're, they're not completely pointless. They're, there is a point behind them. The trials that you and I face, they're, they're actually designed uh, to make us stronger. They're not, they're not designed to make us miserable. They're, they're not because God is mad at us, although we do need to be willing to, to admit that some of the trials that we face are our own doing. And when that's the case, we, we need to examine that and repent of our sin and face the consequences of our, of our decisions. But the bottom line is this, is that trials are to strengthen us, not to crush us. In fact, I believe, listen, I believe that everything that you and I go through, including what we're going through now, everything that you and I go through is designed to draw us closer to God and to not push us further away from him. So allow God to do that. Allow God to pull you in closer to him in the midst of this time. I firmly believe that, listen, as a nation, as a community, as individuals, that this trial that we go through will actually strengthen us and not cripple us. I believe that. And so James reminds us that the testing of our faith has a purpose. The trials that we endure are to be seen as this uh, positive opportunity to prove what we've actually learned. James calls it the testing of our faith. The Apostle Peter also talked about this idea of our, of our faith being tested. Listen to what Peter tells us. In 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, In this, or, or in all of this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Now, Peter, Peter's another guy who knows something about suffering. Peter is, is one of the, the, the apostles of Christ that was crucified upside down on a cross for his faith. 
And he tells us that suffering and trials are a good thing. They're to strengthen our faith. James tells us that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. Perseverance, now that's a great word. Perseverance includes stamina and, and endurance. Some, some have said that the perseverance is, is staying power. Staying power. In other words, when, when it would be easier to give in or give up or give out, perseverance stays put for the long haul. In fact, the word actually uh, means to remain under. To remain under, it's, it's like a, a weightlifter who's holding up a heavy weight for a long period of time to remain under that weight. See, perseverance is this word picture of a person who's under a heavy load and yet they're determined to stay under it rather than to escape. And a person, a person with perseverance holds up under pressure because they recognize that, that trials are to strengthen us and not to crush us. They recognize that the way to become spiritually mature is, is to trust God through the trials of life. They're, they're like, you know, like a butterfly. You know, the beautiful butterfly, right? A beautiful butterfly. You know, did you know that in order for a butterfly uh, to actually be able to fly, it needs to struggle its way out of that chrysalis because without that struggle, without all of that, that difficulty getting out of that chrysalis, they don't develop the strength to fly. So the trial is necessary for them to, to develop the strength to fly, the thing that God has designed them to do. Parents, we, you know, we need to learn to do this with our kids too, right? We, we do. It, you know, if, we, if we don't allow our kids to work through their struggles, if we bail them out all the time, we rob them of some of the very things that will be so instrumental in the development of their, of their lives and, and for their, their own maturity. Kids who have their parents bail them out from difficulty uh, or who bail them out from conflict, they never mature from it. They remain immature and they, they never learn the skills that are needed to, to navigate the stress of life. Now, think about it. If we as parents, as, as fathers, as a father, if, if I know that is true for, for my kids, how much, does our, how much more does our heavenly father know that and desire that for us? In fact, listen to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 7. It says this, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? And if you are not disciplined, and, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who have disciplined us, and we respected them for it. How much more should we uh, submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, that is so true for us as children of God, that, that we need to allow the trials into our lives so that we can grow from it, so that we can be, become mature and strengthened by it. This is why we need to consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds, because God is allowing those things into our lives to strengthen us and not to crush us. It's kind of like how diamonds are formed. You know, you know how diamonds are formed? 
Diamonds are basically coal, but they've been put under intense pressure and an intense extreme amount of heat over a period of time. Like a lot of heat, like somewhere between 1800 and 2200 degrees Fahrenheit uh, and 735,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. That's a lot of heat, and that's a lot of pressure. But without that extreme heat and that extreme pressure, coal just remains coal rather than a diamond. See, you cannot strengthen your faith without struggling through trials. Let me say that again. You cannot strengthen your faith without struggling through trials. And I believe that God is going to strengthen your faith as you and I go through these trials together. But we have to be intentional about looking for ways that God is using these trials to strengthen us. Because everything that we go through is designed to strengthen our relationship with God. So number one, we don't choose trials, but we can choose joy. Number two is trials are to strengthen us, not to crush us. And then here's the third thing. That strong faith makes strong people. Strong faith makes strong people. Check this out. James 1, beginning verse 2 again. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may become mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, the purpose of going through our trials is so that we can become mature and complete, not lacking anything. Notice, it's not the trials that bring maturity. It's the way that we endure through the trial that brings maturity. See, if you give up in the middle of, of a trial, you don't tend to grow from it. By the way, in case you're wondering, maturity is the state of being fully developed. It's not just someone who has a lot of experiences. It's someone who has grown from those experiences. You know, it's been said that experience is the best teacher. Eh, and, and I get what they're saying, but I think it's better said this way, that evaluated experience is the best teacher. Why is that? Be, be, well, someone else said it this way, that maturity is the ability to recognize a mistake before uh, we make it again. It's the trained ability to learn from each previous experience. See, if we don't learn and grow from our trials, there's really no reason for joy. And we lose out on gaining endurance for whatever else that we're going to face in life. See, James says it this way, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And to be complete, it means to possess all of the spiritual traits needed to be morally complete. It's, it's lacking nothing. And when we endure trials well and we learn from them, then we grow from them and our weaknesses and our imperfections are, are, are being removed from our character as we, as we gain victory over old sins and we, we, be, uh, we, we begin to grow more and more competent in life. See, when we go through trials, we can count it pure joy because we know that God is going to use those trials to strengthen our faith and not to crush us. And the stronger we grow, the stronger our faith, the stronger we are as people. And that can cause us to be overwhelmed with joy rather than being overwhelmed with our trials. So how, how do we get this stronger faith through trials? And, and how does it benefit us? Well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. Let me give you four things. 
Let me give you four things that trials do for us. Number one is this. Trials help us to learn to trust God rather than ourselves. Trials help us to learn to trust God rather than ourselves. See, the temptation that, that each of us faces is we're tempted to live our lives independent from God, right? But listen, God really wants us to declare our dependence upon him and not on ourselves. And, and when we go through a season of life when we're overwhelmed with fear and, and when we realize how small and fragile we really are, like we're, like we're in a situation right now, when we recognize how small and fragile life is, it positions us to a place where we, we learn to trust in God rather than in ourselves. And that's a very good thing. And that should cause us to be, to be overwhelmed with joy rather than fear of our trials. A second way trials help us is this, that trials help us to evaluate our priorities. Trials help us to evaluate our, pri our priorities, right? Trials help us to, to take our eyes off from our stuff and our agendas and, and all the things that we prioritize over God. See, going through periods of difficulty, it reveals to us the things that we really love, the things that are really important to us. I, I don't know about you, but, but I know for my family, over the past week, we've eaten more meals together as a family at the table. We, we've played more games together. We've, we've worked together in many different areas. And overall, I think our relationship is better now. Our, our, our pace of life has slowed down. You see, we're growing stronger as a family because of it. And that should overwhelm us with joy rather than overwhelm us with frustration. Here's, here's a third thing that trials do. Trials make us appreciate what we already have. Trials make us appreciate what we already have. Let's face it. We, I know, at least for myself, perhaps you, we can be kind of greedy, always wanting more, always wanting that next thing, whatever that next thing is. And we're never really quite satisfied. And on top of that, you know, we're, we're kind of used to living in abundance, right? We, we're used to having so much stuff. And, and when we have all of this abundance, sometimes we, we become wasteful and, and we, we feel entitled to having things. And that's not a good thing. And now with things like our food even being scarce at times, we really learn to appreciate how much we really do have. And, and, and it, hopefully it will make us a little bit less wasteful a little bit more careful and a little bit more appreciative. So I want to challenge you. Next time you enjoy your next meal, I want you to be overwhelmed with joy that God has provided for your needs rather than just your wants. And be overwhelmed with joy. The fourth thing that trials do for us is trials give us opportunities to serve those around us. Trials give us opportunities to serve those around us. You know, many of us are, are just so blessed to have more than what we need. And because of that blessing, we now have an opportunity and the responsibility, uh, responsibility to serve those around us. You know, and we're trying to do that in our community uh, by gathering food and donations and making it available to, to area uh, food pantries and those who have, who have needs. Uh, and, and so I just want to thank you so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for your generosity as we continue to give to those who are less fortunate to us. Listen, I firmly believe that God is going to use this crisis that we're going to in the way that we respond to it 
to make more and better followers of Jesus in our region that we call home. And because of that reason, I think that we should be overwhelmed with joy because of of what God is doing in our lives and in the lives of the people around us. See, our perspective begins to change, doesn't it? Warren Worsby, who's a pastor and a writer, he writes this. He says, our values, de- uh, our values determine our evaluations. If we value comfort more than character, then trials will, will upset us. If we value the material and the physical more than the spiritual, we will not be able to count it all joy. If we value or, or if we live only for the present and forget the future, the trials will make us bitter and not better. See, this this is a great opportunity for us just to kind of evaluate where we're at and to look at, God, this trial that we're going through, what do you want to teach me? What am I supposed to learn? What are some things, some character flaws that, that you want to work out in me? How can I draw closer to you? How can I rely on you more completely? And then when you develop a closer relationship with God, it ought to cause great joy in your life. See, rather than being overwhelmed with trials, let's try to be overwhelmed with joy. Because remember, we don't choose trials, but we can and we must choose joy. And trials are to strengthen us, not to crush us. And strong faith makes for strong people. So listen, in our current trial, don't let the pain, don't let the inconvenience, don't let the struggle take away from the joy of, of new growth, of, of new responsibility, of, of new insights, with, uh, of new depth and new dependency on God. These are all good things, and it should cause joy to overwhelm us. So in the middle of your trials, try to focus on your future benefits more than just your present reality. See, while none of us want to go through the trials of life, aren't you so thankful that God can and often does use the trials that we go through to draw us closer to him? Aren't you thankful that even the worst things that, that, uh, that happen in life can accomplish the best things in life? You know, the cross of Christ demonstrates this reality for us. You know, while it was the the most tragic and the worst moment in human history, it accomplished for us the greatest thing of all eternity, our salvation. And if you've never trusted in Christ as as the forgiver of your sin and the leader of your life, would you reach out to us? We want to help you discover uh, this relationship that God has designed you for. And perhaps the reason why we're going through this trial, maybe the, the reason why you're going through this trial is so that you become more and more dependent upon God. And if we can help you with that, if we can help you uh, in your spiritual journey to take another step or your next step towards Christ, would you reach out to us? We'd love to help you uh, discover your next step in your relationship with Jesus. You know, through all of this, may we be men and women who go through this current crisis, this current series of trials with joy. May we demonstrate the reality that no matter what we go through, that God Uh, loves us, that he is with us, he is for us, and may we recognize that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me pray with you. God, I am so thankful that even though we're going through a a trial right now, we're going through a bit of a crisis in in our country, really all around the world. God, I pray that you'd help us that we declare our dependence upon you. God, may may we, as we go through this this trial, may we recognize that that this is something that you have allowed to happen for a reason, 
And God, may we not be so frustrated and so, so mad and upset by the trial that we miss the joy that you want to overwhelm us with. So God, I pray that you'd help us that we'd be overwhelmed with joy because you're doing something in our lives. You're teaching us something about our values and our priorities. You're drawing us closer together as families. God, you're helping us to, uh, to have uh, better relationships with our neighbors and learn to depend on other people. And you're causing us to slow down from life and you're causing us to trust in you. All of these things, God, are are just incredible things. So God, we are overwhelmed with joy that you love us so much as, as our Heavenly Father that you would allow us to go through this so that we can have a stronger relationship with you. God, we thank you that we can choose joy. God, we thank you that this trial isn't designed to crush us but to strengthen us and that you want us to be stronger people for your glory and for our good. So God, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, church fam. It was super cool to uh, just gather this morning, even though we are far apart and practicing our social distancing. Um, it's still cool to just hear from each other and see how everyone is doing. And to, I, just, I just trust that you guys were encouraged by Pastor Dave's message uh, and the challenge to just consider um, what we're going through and the challenges that we experience in this this kind of interruption to our daily lives that we would just consider a joy and just uh, an opportunity to grow in our faith and uh, we trust that God is is doing that in your guys's life and that um, uh, that this this message this morning was helpful and uh, we didn't have a chance to gather together uh, to sing together but we are posting a playlist for you guys to just to turn up in your homes and fill your homes with worship this morning. Uh, I encourage you to, to interact with the music and, and worship uh, just like you would if you were with us. Um, and just know that there are other people who are also doing that around not just our, our communities uh, from our church, but around the world who are, are still worshiping this morning, even though uh, this, this uh, disease has kind of uh, interrupted how we do things, but God is still in control, and I trust that these songs will just remind you of that and uh, just strengthen our faith that God is uh, still sovereign and still uh, ready to grow His church in all of this. So uh, we hope and trust that you guys are having an awesome Sunday, and we look forward to the time where we can meet again uh, face to face. See you.